you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. is the highest paid on the San Diego Greybeards. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by the United States Marine Corps. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. A reminder to the listeners of the show, loyal listeners, that this is streaming live this Thursday show. Every Thursday at NFL.com and also on YouTube. Hmm. Did I nail that, Ricky? You killed it. You, you absolutely can find it later it. on YouTube if you miss it. Yes, and if you yep. or on .com if you want to watch the full thing. Or on .com. So just remember, I like YouTube because then you can see you can see the numbers. They keep track of it, and the yeah. comments are so funny. Are they? They're simply so a bad. much more Not, effective platform than NFL.com. So so they're, they're, all, Sorry, be like, they're both great. They'll be like, Cam Newton died. Cam Newton died. And then people <laughs> will be like, what? Are you serious? There's like little trolls. It's so great. To be clear, this is a news program. Cam Newton is doing great. He's yeah. back at practice. Well, he's not he's doing healthy. great, but he's certainly alive. <laughs> not dead. He's His not career, passed. perhaps. No, that's even too strong. But it is at a time of transition. <laughs> Cam Newton at the crossroads. Breaking news. What is their real breaking news? Cam Newton is alive. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Don't say that this isn't a news show, first and foremost. Or a news show that will generate its own news. There was nothing new there at all. Just fibs and corrected fibs. fibs. So, yes, a reminder that next week, if you want to watch us live, you could do so. Or you could even do the move. No, you can't do that. See, now I'm getting wrapped. It's all getting wrapped up. You can do it Sunday night. You can do it Sunday night. It starts right after Sunday night football ends. Right. Our recap show. But I had the idea of you could stream it on YouTube, give us the the numbers, and then listen, which you certainly could do, but you can't do that live. You better be hitting both platforms. But here's an idea, because, Dan, you and I will be covering a scintillating Vikings-Redskins game later this evening. Someone could listen to that and then dive right into the YouTube and audio version of the show wow. directly after. Speaking of the garage, Mark and I, after we do the Thursday night slammer uh, between the Redskins and Vikings, Mark's staying in the garage 
and my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron, we are going to do a throwback podcast where Mark talks about the songs of his love life uh, prior to meeting his wife and goes through each of them in exhausting detail. And I'm sure it's going to be uh, really a journey through your heart. A little nervous. So check that out. That will be up uh, tomorrow. Shameless plug. All right, now. Sounds exhausting. I can't wait. I saw a list of the songs. Oh, it is, it is, oh, what a journey it will be. It's like going back through your personal attic for a while. I'm a little concerned. I have not that's really thought Sessler, this out. So. That's a Sessler move. He likes going through the old uh, pictures and things like that. Well, I, well, Greg, I actually existed before age 35, <laughs> so there are pictures, videos, and thoughts to Nothing's ponder. better than Camp Jewel. When Mark, when Mark has a couple lines and the Instagram gets fired up and you start seeing about the camp from 92, that's my favorite I mean, I'm Sessler. giving you know, at least six or seven people what they're asking for. Um, and we're going to get to the games, all of the week, eight games coming up. Um, and we're going to talk about 14 of them today and, of course, do it draft style. But one, one other note, I want to say thank you to everyone on the subreddit. I did an AMA yesterday and got hundreds and hundreds of questions uh, and, and that, that subreddit is up to over 12,000 people now. So if you're a fan of the show and you want a place to meet and talk about the show, go to go to the uh, Around the NFL on Reddit. Wait, you did a good job with that. I, I filed a question that you actually even responded to. I did. It was something about you being hot or something? I couldn't... No, 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 no. It was just like, how do you get more time with Mark alone on the show? Like, if you're a listener, one-on-one time. And I highly Under suggest... Under an alias. Greeby, who does an amazing job, uh, um, you know, cultivating that site. Gentlemen, all I invite you to interface with, your, with the fans yourselves at some point. I think three it of the four fun. of us have done an AMA. I've done several of them. No, oh, okay. Well, f me. All right. Well, no, I mean, the, you are one of the three. Greg has yet to dip into those waters. Come on. I would do a Reddit. I would it's a little too into I would sure. do a Reddit. I would do a Reddit. Then I'll do a tweet. You know, Ricky. Our- I thought you were asking to like post on our own message boards. That feels like a little desperate or something. But but I like the doing an AMA. Ricky, our former producer, uh, La Cid, who I, you know, I miss her every day. She's just awesome. But um, that's not the point. Point is, she once did an AMA. On You're so around, lucky this is live. <laughs> around the NFL subreddit. And uh, you should do one, too. I feel like that would be... That's right up your alley. They that would be fun. Yeah. No. No way. <laughs> oh, They'd be like, why do you stink at producing? And I'd be like, no. no you it's a very it. small subset. You would love it. Planners. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's get into why it. Why don't you have Sid do it? <laughs> you knew it was going to her back. All right, doing it draft style. And Wes, I again, I double-checked. I wanted to make sure Wes doesn't get banged uh, on the order, that he gets you know the correct number uh, of picks. And as I look at it... I should be second this week. You are second this week, but picking first... Which probably means last as well for some reason. No, no, no. You know. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Picking first is Greg Rosenthal. Um, Rosie, as some call you, but I never have. You get it going. In college, that's all people knew me as I dated a girl who thought my real name was Rosie after oh, like two yeah. weeks I was like give me give how does she break. not know that's a nickname yeah that's I, you know well she she wasn't all there she thought your name was Rosie Rosenthal right the whole Rosie. thing it was hey, it was it was troubling like Rosie as Greer? it would be if I didn't get this game so I'm I'm thrilled that I have the number one pick to take Browns Patriots Tony Romo oh. 425 and it's all fine because you know there's only three left oh games. and by the way that is also the road to victory presented by the United States what do you Marine know? Corps. 
It is. That's a, a segment we've added, a team that needs to go on the road and win. And I don't think it's quite as tall a mountain as people believe it to be because I think the Browns have the capability to be explosive. Could they do it for the next seven or eight weeks and kind of solve their problems and be consistent? That I have more doubts about. Can they have a spike game where coming off a of bye week, they came, they come up with some answers and give the Patriots defense some legitimate problems and keep it close and, and give the Patriots offense problems too with the defense? It's been pretty good. I think this is going to be a great game, and I'm, I'm glad I got it number one. Mark, where do you stand on this? Because Greg is technically a Patriots fan. It's not technically did about you think, it. Did you think this was going to be there for you? At, no, at we, we you know, talked Greg about and it. I, yeah, time. Greg and I will be appearing on the Tomahawk show after, and we both must zero in on this. So There's only just, three late games. We decided one of us needs to get right. it. That's it good. Was, so you it, talked it out. There's yeah, no double no, cross it was, it, There's no issues here. No grudge uh, developing. It whiffed of a double cross initially. <laughs> no. We, no, I'm not, I'm not going to allow that to become a narrative. But Greg and I, we executed as we needed to. Right. Now, can the Browns do that? I, I appreciate your uh, optimism. <laughs> But I cannot think of one thing, and I'm not trying to just take a shot at the Browns. They're a team in development. I cannot think of one thing that they do on field or from a coaching perspective better than New England, even on a short week. They can create explosive plays. And so I think the Patriots use man defense more than any team in the league. What's the vulnerability to that? It's certainly if you can get over the top, if you can make big plays against them, you're going to have... Odell Beckham, you're going to have you know Nick Chubb sometimes in the running game making explosive plays. You're going to have Jarvis Landry in one-on-one situations. I at least think they can give this defense more problems, in theory, than, than any offense Greg. they've placed. Greg, yeah. the skill players of the, the Browns are way superior to that of the Jets. But one of the big problems and one of the huge failures in the Jets' embarrassment on Monday night was they did not adjust that they didn't really have time to get into the type of downfield passing patterns because the, the zero blitz that is apparently revolutionary and is going to go down as like the 46 defense of this era uh, simply did, doesn't allow that. And if they, I think it Baker makes me and wonder, Odell Beckham because, and Jarvis Landry can adjust better and get. But it's the not ball. about them. It's well, maybe they break off their routes. But I mean, in terms of can this offensive line, can Baker Mayfield, a quarterback who. Uh, he's not getting caught on mic, but he's looked like he's been seeing ghosts at times this year as well. Can they handle the surge that is sure, sure to come that took out the Jets and Sam Darnold? To me, that's what this game's about. It is, and this is by far the most talented offense the Patriots have faced. As, as Greg said, they have faced some bottom barrel, some dregs, and now you've got real talent. That doesn't mean that uh, Jarvis Landry's walk-back guarantee is going to work. You know, he said, we're going to go to New England and we're going to win. It's going to be that simple. We're going to win. Don't do that. Walked it back a little bit and said, you know, mostly it was just, we're going there with the purpose of winning. (laughs) That's quite a walk-back. It's weird that you're walking back. Thank you for clarifying that. That's the road to victory. I mean, why not say you're going to win? I think the – go ahead. But to me, the, the best chance for the Browns to win is with their defense Yes. Pushing Tom Brady off his spot, making him move his feet, because as Dan has pointed out, as Mark has pointed out, he's not moving quite as well as he did two or three years ago. Still throwing well. I think he's he's playing great considering the situation around him. Josh Gordon was placed on injured reserve this week. This game has a whole lot of Brown subplots with Jamie Collins and Jason McCourty playing extremely well. McCourty's ranked number two by PFF and at cornerbacks, and Collins has maybe been their most valuable player. But we should mention Gordon is out for the year, and yet... 
Ian Rapport's reporting he's going to be healthy in a week or two. He's probably going to get cut off injured reserve and land on a team like the Dolphins who will claim him. And Ian hinted he hasn't been able to keep well conditioned. Uh, that's that's kind of why would the Dolphins between... claim him? Why not? Why what? Well, well, okay. Some team, some How does he help or the Reds? Zero wins. Yeah. Well, because if you're a veteran and you get cut after next week, you are uh, you're open to waivers. And it's some team with a bad record, whether it's the Falcons or the Redskins or the Jets, who knows? I mean, it back is. back to this game. I think that you've got Cleveland has Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams at cornerback for the first time in about a thousand years. They haven't had their full complement in the secondary all season. They are by advanced metrics about the seventh most. Uh, imposing pass rush, although that's been very inconsistent. Every part of their team's been inconsistent. You can look at the personnel on offense, but I don't see a direct route for them to be any more convincing than a Jets team or a Bills team on offense because they've been out of sync from wire to wire. Outside of some, some big plays in the Ravens win, this Browns team is about as concerning on offense in terms of not living up to their parts as you can find in the league right now. I don't like this game for the Browns at all. Well, I wouldn't like any team going against the Patriots, but yeah. I, can, they, can they? If they if they Not go New in, England. if they lay an egg this, to the same degree that the Jets do, that's a major disappointment. It's not a shot at anyone else. I'm but curious. They better they better show up. I think good than that. coaching staffs come off a bye week and they solve some things. They got to get OBJ going. They're averaging eight yards per target to him. It's not all Baker Mayfield. The timing's been off. OBJ's had probably more passes that have hit him somewhere in the hands or that he's had a chance to make a play and he hasn't made the play more than any, ever I've you know seen him before in his entire career. And yet he's moving as well as ever. Yes, yeah. he's, he's that's what I mean. That's, I, I do expect it uh, to change at some point. But Greg, I have a question this week. for you about Patriots fandom. Okay. Do Patriots fans trust a team that has hit its stride so early in the season. I don't think they've hit their stride. It's the worst offense that they've had in 15 years. Right, so I think that's how I look at it. But it's a defense that is historically great and can't be expected to I don't to trust it because 2000... No, because it, this part of the year as a Patriots fan, you realize it only has so much meaning. And they're going to go down defensively in terms of stats because they're going to play better teams. But they have the components that you do trust. And what is New England? It's nice. This reminds me of 2001-2003. I mean, those teams were not great offensively either. It is great to see Belichick feeling himself as if he hadn't accomplished enough. I feel like this season coming off that Super Bowl with his son as one of the key figures and like his favorite player, Gerard Mayo and his son and him are calling the defense, the best defense they've had in over 15 years. I think he's loving it. How heartwarming. (laughs) By the way, it does smell of more loophole bonanza theater. You're allowed to put a guy in IR when he's healthy? He's not healthy. He's, but he, he says he's re- he was surprised to hear this, and he's going to be able to sign with the team and play as soon as. Well, you know, because you can shut the you, you, You're yes. losing the guy. Teams in do theory, that all the time, right? In theory, it's it's a it's more of a cost to the team because you'd be losing a healthy Josh Gordon. They, they worked, sound done with Josh. No, they, Gordon. Yeah, they worked out. They worked right, him so out. Why IR? Well, because, because he has bonus all the time. They just deemed him not not important enough. To right. keep that his, spot. taking his, up a roster. His quote unquote sure, people say he is like a week or two away. He has he had two bone bruises on his knee, which happened earlier in the season. They worked him out. He wanted to play. They they you know, there's some whispers his weight was up significantly. So Dan, if you are say player number forty five to fifty three on the roster and you get injured, even if it's a one week injury, you'll often end up on IR just because they don't have the roster space for you. I'm sorry, it's fishy. <laughs> and that was the road to victory presented oh, yeah, by it was. the United States Marine Corps. Tough road. 
Did we find a road there? Which, I don't know. I felt like it was we went right into the bush. I don't know who the Marines are in that situation. The Browns or the Patriots. I, for our, <laughs> the sake of our country, hope it's the New England Patriots. All right, Wes, you are up with the number two pick in our draft. The number two pick, and I'm going to workshop a couple of uh, game titles here for you. Mm. A fork in the road game, nice. a sink or swim game. Both of these apply to Kyle Allen and the Panthers quarterback situation. Mm. He's starting. Cam is just about getting healthy. And you're going up against the best defensive line in football on the road in San Francisco. And I just have a feeling that Kyle Allen's going to lose his job because the 49ers defense is so good, so dominant, to the extent that I'm locking up the 49ers. I had that in mind. I thought about that. That's nice. Like that lock. <laughs> Because you need you need Kyle Allen to give you a plus performance to win this game, right? And it's that's not, asking a lot against this defense on the road. You're not just going to be able to turn and hand it to Christian McCaffrey 35 times against this defense. You're going to have to make some plays in the passing game. And when Kyle Allen drops back over and over again, he doesn't always deal with pl- pl- pressure well, as we've seen by all the fumbles. I think we saw it last year in the regular season finale. He's not the best against pressure. No, I, I was thinking – of locking this up too because I'm not going to pick against the 49ers until they play either a, a great veteran quarterback or a really good offensive line. Carolina has neither. I would say if Carolina has a weakness this year, it's been communication along that offensive line. Teams sending blitzes and and different packages where they don't know who to pick up. And then you got to play Nick Bosa and DeForest Buck. This defensive line's so good, D Ford's a role player. They're only playing him 20 snaps a game because Arik Armstrong is better than him, and Ford is lighting it up as a kind of a microwave off the bench. But Armstead's the pro bowler, and D Ford making $20 million a year. They traded all these picks for it's playing 25 snaps. I mean, 49ers have allowed 10 points in three weeks. It's, some, it's easy to forget a couple things because the Panthers, out of our world a, a week ago, they had drives fall apart against the Bucks. Their offense was not on fire for big chunks of the game against Tampa Bay when we were there watching it live in London. But then you've got a Niners team, and I know this happened in awful elements. Jimmy G had 10 yards passing against the Redskins in the first half last week. They're not a perfect offense from the quarterback position at all. I think this that the Panthers can keep this close. But I will tell you one thing, because I like what happened last week where Wes and I rode arm in arm to lock victory. So I'm going to do the same exact thing two weeks in a row. Every week? No, but I'm going to do it two weeks in a row because I can't see another lock I like better. Yeah, this this is a pretty safe one. I got the lock here. I was leaning hard one way, and now, you know what? Join us. Feeling good about this, and I want to get in on the party. Join us. So let's lock it up a third time. Wow. This has to be be a lock with the least amount of dissension and prodding that we've ever had. I had. I came into the show figuring it was this one or another one. And I figured if Wes was taking it, that I wasn't going to bother because it's like, what? Then what's at stake, really? Well, I, there was another one on my list too. Well, I agree, but that the other one feels like a gimme if the starting quarterback isn't playing. So, mm. oh, you got a little Falcons anti-Falcons. It action is a, going no, on. I've got a little anti-Matt Moore action going on. <laughs> there is potential for a unique level way for us to all bond in the middle of a long season here. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Come along for the ride. Sure. Yeah. Let's all right. do it. All right. A four-way lock <laughs> on the Niners. That's an Erica for you in terms of having to keep track of four different nonsensical locks throughout she a long show. You're done. Yeah, but I was told that we're not, you know, paying that off. Oh. Greg, can you look in the mirror on this <laughs> That's one? not true. We pay it off on Thursday. Yeah. And by you the can. way. We yeah. let me say the standings here. I think the I Panthers, for what it's worth, 
are might be that you know they played the Steelers in Week Three. If there's a route for them to win, it's that the passing game for the 49ers has been a little inconsistent, and that this defense, especially the pass defense, is capable of making other quarterbacks look bad. That that is their path, and they have a very creative running game. It's two of the the most creative running games. One thing about Kyle Shanahan that I've really liked is that even even when Jimmy G's not on. He's running the ball every time. I mean, he's just going to keep running over and over again because he knows it complements his defense. Post-ACL, he looks pretty darn athletic. Um, just so everyone knows, through Week 7, Sessler and Roosevelt 4-3, and three, the old Zeuser off the canvas 2-5, two 2-in-a-row, and, five, two in a row. and Wes, of course, finally ended that historic slump 1-6, and six, and I feel like a heat check's coming on for Wes, a, a, a real uh, hot streak. Oh, you do? Thank I do. you. I feel it coming. <laughs> None like of us it. are on fire. All right. Pick three, the old Zeuser. <clears throat> this one's uh, this one's a good one. I like this one a lot because I have been all season waiting for the Philadelphia Eagles to take off, and they just haven't. They've been, frankly, I think the Browns in the AFC and the Eagles in the NFC, to me, are the two most disappointing teams in the league this year. And the Eagles are different than the Browns in that I thought the Eagles were a true Super Bowl contender. I thought the Browns could be a team that gets a lot better and goes to the playoffs. The Eagles, I thought, could be great this year. And in fact, they've been crummy, and especially the last two weeks. The last two weeks have been an abomination. They're in the middle of a three-game road trip, and the third game now takes them to Western New York to play the Bills, who we know how good they are um, in their building. We know how great their defense is. So this is going to be a really tough game for them. But the two weeks... Uh, the two games going into this at Minnesota, 38-20, a total no-show. And we know Sunday night was a no-show, 37-10, to where they could not have looked any worse. So everything seems to be going in a certain direction, and yet there's still a part of me that thinks the Eagles can pull it together. And I wouldn't call this um, a must-win game. I wouldn't call this a, what do we call it, an un- a dead man, uh, underground a, game. Essentially a dirt nap buried between six and seven feet under the earth. I still think it's too early to get that wrapped up. They're three and four right now. If they fall to three and five, they're in trouble, but not done. But they need to stop the bleeding here. And here come the Bills. So I'm kind of with Greg on the Bills that I respect them, love their defense, love how they play in their building, although their only loss was at home. Um, against the Pats, but they're the only also team barely that gave... beat the Bengals and Dolphins at home, or at least trailed yeah. in the fourth quarter to both those teams. Feels worth, like a long time worth ago. Worth noting, but, yeah. uh, but they're the only team that gave the Patriots a game. Um, so I want to see something from Josh Allen in this game, but I really do feel like the Eagles have a you know circle the wagons game against the Bills. Do they have a quarterback they want to circle the wagons around? It, I I don't know. It, this reminds me of last year when that big big article came out with. All of these offensive players in the Eagles questioning the quarterback, and he's coming off his worst game of the year. Before that game, I think most people would say he's been a top-five quarterback this year, and yet uh, Aguilar and Mack Hollins have been two of the worst receivers in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus and the game film. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz are underperforming relative to last year. Neither one seems very happy. Lane Johnson's calling people out. Jeffrey's the subject of... uh a snitch report by a Philly reporter who said he was the source for Josina Anderson complaining about Carson Wentz. They <laughs> love they, that story. They, it is, <laughs> These veterans just don't seem to warm up to him. It's it. What's happening in Philly right now is what you see with like bad teams that are going down in a sinkhole. And I don't. I'm. I am also optimistic they can get it together. But 
here's another thing they did the last couple of weeks. They've released a player that they started on Sunday the following Monday, two weeks in a row. That is something that like bad teams are kind of due to Zach to Brown send a and Zach Bullshit Brown, releases. and then last week it was Orlando Skandrick. If you're going to start him and play him 70 snaps in the game and you're benching your second-round pick from a couple years ago, a healthy – he wasn't even a healthy scratch. He was active, and you wouldn't even let Sidney Jones off the bench because of another punitive benching, and then you cut him the next day, something's – Something's weird there. I don't know. Something is weird They're there. They're trying to clean up the locker room is what it sounds like. I'm at the point where Sean McDermott, and we've been Sean McDermott fans ever since he visited the show and was an absolute delight when we were with him in the owners' meetings. But you get a lot of miles. Beyond of that, well, that was smart. That was a wise 10 minutes by hit by that head coach. I think other head coaches should I remember nothing. similar paths. But I trust him more than Doug Peterson right now, and I trust the way wow. the Bills are run from head to toe. And I... This though, at the same time, I feel like Josh Allen, who you look at a lot of metrics, is one of the is a bottom barrel quarterback. To your point, a bottom five quarterback in a lot of ways. I'm I'm not giving up on him on any level because there's a lot to like uh, if he can get some of it kind of hemmed in. But this is a game where I think he can generate some points. And from the Eagles side, and I think you mentioned it, Wes, that. Is if this was an offense that hinged entirely around the return of Deshaun Jackson, he will be back in this game. They were spicy. Well, that's what I read that they that he's 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 heading in that direction. They they were spicy when they played the Redskins in Week One in the second half when Djax was the deep threat for them. They have not had that with what Mac Hollins stepping into that role. They have they've missed that. And Nelson Aguilar. They've been really look, bad vertically. And I mean, Nelson Aguilar his, can complain all he weakness. wants. That's Wentz missed throws down the field last week. If he has a weakness, that's it. Nelson Aguilar, uh, like Alshon Jeffrey can can complain all he wants to whoever. But he looks like a someone shotgun shotgun from the tight end position from 1984 to me. He's a big, gigantic, bulky receiver who gives no deep option mm. to Wentz. What is around Wentz right now? When they were dominant and he was awesome in MVP level, they were destroying people with their ground game because they were getting up early and absolutely manhandling opponents down the stretch. They lost two straight games by 17 or more points because the secondary is a total leaky factory. They're an absolute disaster. Mm. I preface this by saying that I think this is going to be a game and it's just more the, a, a feel than anything else. But what do the Eagles do well right now? Not much. I it really made me think. What Mark asked the question? They like, who well. are they? Who is their identity? If they can't stop the run, Justina Anderson. Well, if they can't stop the run like they didn't last week, overall this year they have, and they're not strong up front, like on on the offensive line. Then who are they? You're right. And Deshaun Jackson, it, it doesn't look like he's expected to play. He has not been at practice either day. This triple source. Just, that just to uh, wow, I read that in no, just to you know, just to put it out there. One thing they do well, Dan, mm-hmm. their quarterback is Superman when he gets help. He just hasn't gotten enough help. Jordan Howard. There was a, a line in, I, I forget which writer, maybe it was Zach Berman in the Athletic, who said, you can make the case Jordan Howard is the only player on this team that's outperformed expectations. Mm. That's a bold statement. All right, Mark, you're up. All right, well, so I'm not going to take one of the late games because Greg and I will be absorbed on the same contest. Uh, me, apparently, responsibility-free, just watching it with my eyes. But I, I, I am plugged in on As this. As opposed to with what else? I don't know. Uh, I am plugged into this little 1 p.m. East Coast, 10 a.m. West Coast affair. Cardinals at Saints. And there's a couple reasons what? why I like Jesus this game a lot. <laughs> why? There's not. A, there's a yeah, lot okay. of junk. Okay, okay you're right. Christian Hackenberg comes off the board. In where the would you round. go there? Honestly, where would you go? Before you just throw 
throw your ridiculous arrows, where would you go? There's a bunch of junk at 10 a.m. No, go ahead. Well, I hope so because we're about 45. What am I supposed to be going excited about? Broncos, Colts. <laughs> this does. Fe- Every one of them right. has issues. All I'm I, saying is here's this what probably I feels like a bloodbath. But let me sell it to you. Let me sell go it ahead, to you. Sell it. it may be a bloodbath, but I think you have one of the offenses out of Arizona that is improving week to week. They're fun to watch. Kyler Murray is living up to the promise. And they, watching them against the Giants, it gets another team that had no idea how to deal with what Arizona was throwing at them. They could not stop the ground game. I think Arizona is finding a way, because of the way that they separate and spread out on offense, to have a dangerous run attack. You can't even call that like part of their passing attack because there's no one around half of these guys that take the ball, especially when they're catching in space. I want to see how the Saints handle it. I think the Saints defense went into Chicago and put the Bears on such heavy blast that Chicago goes and loses this week. Their season may essentially be over because the Saints, and I mentioned this last week, week after week they go in and whoever they deal with, they expose them and create a ton of issues for that team the next week with the media, with everyone answering. They're that dominant of a defense. Now, the Cardinals have a little bit less at stake, but... Sean Payton versus Cling- Cliff Kingsbury. Just that I don't think if the Cardinals went 3-4-1, and one, Arizona's going to be set on fire from like border to border. I think people are, they realize, the Bears fans thought the team's racing right into the Super Bowl, making that game from a Scottsdale total to embarrassment. So this, is- this game is more intriguing than, than it looks on paper to some. I'm, I'm into it. I, I, what else do I need to do than be into it? I can see why you'd be into it. It's a nice litmus test game for the Cardinals who are beating up on some bad teams. But Greg, Very Ol- bad teams. Greg Olson, basically his analysis last week was this team is really hard to defend because you know what they're going to do. You just have no idea when they're going to do it with all the fakes, the pre-snap motion, the jet sweeps. You, you just don't know what the alignment's going to lead to once the ball is snapped. And you see a lot of open spaces in the running game and even in the passing game. The Cardinals game. you're talking yes. about. Yes. Yep. It, it's a test for the Saints, but I mean – Let's. I would calm down about it. You know, this is still a Cardinals offense. It's calm down in, about your pick, I, I, Mark. I, mean, I just no. I know. I think it'd be a fun game. I mean, we haven't mentioned that Drew Brees is likely to return. That is a huge development. It, it's part of my least favorite tw- trend that I've been seeing growing on Twitter, which is Twitter takes that players should stay on the bench through their bye week. This is a this is a common thing. They're like, I, I don't think they should push it. I mean, he, he should be sitting during the bye week. Like a, a ton of people have said that about a lot of different injuries this week, this year. It's like you have absolutely no medical information whatsoever. What do you know that? But it's oh, also oh, you got it. You got to stay. Yeah, why don't you play a it counter, safe? Greg. And and you should sit through the bike. You don't know anything about any of their medical so, information. Yeah, but there, there's a, a very about? easy. There's an extremely easy counter to you on the high horse right, right. now. Right. That if he has an injury that was enough to cost him four weeks, and you're playing. A, a bad team, and you have a chance to yeah, have two more weeks of rest. That if your voice was, if the goal is to win the Super Bowl, and you have an opportunity to get that extra rest to perhaps not rush back, because guys rush back from injuries mm. all the time and reaggravate them because they came back a week too soon. For instance, I don't think it's ridiculous. Alvin Kamara, I, no, that's had, a good Alvin point. Kamara I, had that. If, I like, wonder. Are if, you supposed to just stay silent and never have any? I wonder if the stuff? medical professionals, with all the information, considered that angle. You know, it's Drew Brees. If he's healthy, he's playing. Like. If you're if you were ready to to do a show, you're doing the show. 
it they consider all of that of course they're not going to put him out there unless he can play well, hold on so I'm I, with Greg like <laughs> you have you injuries to, are just not something just I feel slow. like I need to have an opinion on right that's, exactly that's, that's my fine. main thing but <laughs> injuries but are something why no must one, but you it's the it's again it's you taking fans and treating them as if they're fans. peasants like right. no, wandering around in parts it's down media. in the village it has nothing to do with uh, fans it's media a little too a too highfalutin I'm with Greg there are certain things where it's a hamstring that's nagged a player over I'm talking over. I would specifically look at that a about media and people covering the league, mostly that have opinion shows and are on Twitter, that you come out with hot takes about medical stuff. That's all. Like, I mean, you shouldn't have a hot... You shouldn't be, like, screaming right. at Stephen A. Smith about <laughs> it. I get that. I mean, in general, that culture that, I see that is toxic. On, on Twitter, that it's crazy to play him against the card. What do but you it's know? Not, you it's don't know not anything. a foolish... You could have a measured uh, take on it, not even without being in the doctor's room. Yes, you I think say, it's probably smart to have no medical takes. Like, so, but you're sharing a medical you. take yourself. To have none. You think you're not having this a This is a medical take, take that's true. <laughs> so I, I'm trusting this in the, you are suggesting take. that your concept of medical knowledge supersedes all of ours because no. you're, you're you're in the I I'm know enough to be chilled out mode. I don't know anything is my point that none of us know anything. It's like people operate as if no, there's a level no. beyond 100%. Right. If the doctors say you're 100%, what more do you need? Well, who said that we know that he's 100%? I, I don't know. So we don't know we anything. Again. So why you, even having? A, you're assuming because he's cleared that they believe he's 100. percent We don't he, know that. But he may say because I'm Drew Brees, no, I, get I am the king of F Mountain over there. That I'm playing even if I don't feel all the way back. And What's they'll F say, Mountain? Well, and it's like, oh well, we pay you 23 million dollars a year, so we probably want return on our invest, my, investment. But maybe it's better to give it a little bit of. My, a little my bit thing more is space. we're just operating at a deficit of information, which is true of oh, almost yes, everything are. that we we do. We, right. Like, that extends beyond medical. I, I think it goes like both ways. It, is all I'm right. Saying. It takes like six, seven years, I think, of covering football to learn that you don't almost know anything about how the game works. And a lot of people, Shh. I think, think ever never even get there. Then I would ask They're you this. Why, why would so, you? I'm just saying the medical Why would part you of offer it, an opinion on anything? Beyond medical, why offer right. an I'm opinion saying on anything you get to that point? You try to be measured and you try to learn. You guys. I'm just saying. Thumbs up for Drew Brees. Let's. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well done. All right, Mark. It is time. We're, we're, it's time to snake, Ricky. Did you do your uh, homework? <laughs> oh, my God. What? An angry snake. You're stupid. All right, Mark. <laughs> Game number two. And again, I think you'll reveal as you dig into the latter rounds here that we're not uh, working with a ton of magical matchups on paper here. <laughs> I'm going Giants-Lions because I want, I want one more shot at the Lions to rescue okay. themselves out of this hole. The Giants, to me at least, are interesting with Daniel Jones. Uh, I thought that they... There's something that Daniel Jones does one or two or three things every game that make me like him more. And whether it's doing something that Eli Manning or fill-in-the-blank aging Stone Age Pony veteran quarterback could not do, which is escapability when it gets into trouble sometimes, he'll also make – he's still making killer mistakes. I thought there was a strip sack on him last week against the Cardinals, and they put a ton of pressure on him. That was totally inexcusable. That like another quarterback with better field vision would not have allowed that to happen to him. So the Giants are a team that the Lions better take advantage of. Uh, it sounds like Sterling Win a game, Lions. will not be in this game. I'll, Greg, I'll confirm that with you on the medical front. I'm not sure. That's <laughs> He's just, not expected that's just what I'm hearing at this point. Uh, but Who are you to say that? <laughs> I, I am not going to. I'm not going to say it. But the Lions are banged up. No carry on Johnson. I, their offense to me is just simply not the same without him. But 
this is a game you got to take care of at home. Oh, win a ball game. You have to. I don't know what you're selling to anyone. I thought it was interesting that the Matt Patricia did a very <laughs> Belichickish thing where he traded away Quandre Diggs, which irritated the Lions locker room, including mm. Darius Slay, who spoke about it to no end. And that, if you want, if you're going to do. Belichickian things. You're going to, you know, the Patriots just went and picked up Justin Bethel. That made everyone happy because he's a Hall of Fame special teamer. But if you're the Lions, you're cutting the other way and you annoyed your secondary, you annoyed your defense. I wonder why that move was made. Second year in a row, they've kind of thrown up a white flag at the trade deadline, Golden Tate last year. Well, this isn't a white flag. They they like a younger player and he was... You know, one, probably one of the worst starters in the league at his position. I'm just saying from a locker right? room angle. You gave well, away for nothing. You're, you're, well, you're going to the, the worst in the league. Now you've reached your we've signed Marcus Gilchrist off the street section of the season, which never works well for any defense out there. So it is a bit of a white flag. I wonder if uh, Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick share info. Like, did they call each other and talk about the Giants? You know, they just, the Patriots just played the Giants. They're like best friends. I know. They, they the just played the Giants. Meetings. The yeah. Lions play three weeks ago. Like, does that happen? I'm just curious about that. Does There's a, a lavish it should. owner's meeting party every year um, that takes place at a luxury hotel that we are, and all media are allowed to attend. And it's it's kind of from a people-watching perspective, the best the best party of the year to be involved with because it's the party where all the head coaches are there, all the GMs are there, owners milling around, and I think it was not this past year. Like Tarico year. and friends. Tarico's there. Obviously. Everybody's yeah. there. And you'll see people getting drunk. You'll see coaches stumbling. It's fun times, okay? And you, you don't share that info, who you see stumbling, but you laugh about it privately. Now, that's Sometimes the they've, they've laughed at us, I think, at times, too. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Uh, Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick with their significant others, the great Linda. Not Belichick. It was Linda Holiday? Linda Holiday. Not it's Ricky. It's always a holiday with Linda. Not Rick Holiday. Per some. And Matt Patricia's wife, I believe, uh, sitting together, having a a drink, laughing. This there's no bitter situation between those two men. Just wanted to talk about that a little bit. This should be. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, like. They should be a better Giants offense. I mean, they should. They had one Going against good, a bad defense. They had one good game with Daniel Jones, and they've had four terrible games. They're averaging twelve points a game on offense over four weeks. I think that's the. I would guess that's the worst in the NFL. I didn't check it, but. 12 points a game is hard to do. Their defense and special teams are almost outscoring Daniel Jones over the last four weeks. You have Evan Ingram back. You have Saquon Barkley back. Uh, you should be able to move the ball on this Lions team. It should be a good, like, high-scoring game. This Lions team is going to have to win shootouts. I think they're kind of built for it, but it's tougher without I mean, Matt Patricia, the guy has a ring as a defensive coordinator. And, of course, we know Belichick's the mastermind there. But this team is 31st in total defense, 28th against the run, 30th against the pass. Saquon Barkley, for what it's worth, is practicing in full this week. And he did... He looks fine. He did slightly aggravate the ankle, we're told, in in the loss to the Cardinals. But there's also a chance that this could be that 200 total yard Barkley game. He had a couple great plays, too. But we've been very nice west of the Lions. Well, those days are over. I mean, we have been patient with the Lions. We've been kind... Uh, but if you do not win at home against a Giants team that's going in the wrong direction, you will be you guys, you're in trouble. You guys are Sunday a lot. Night. You guys are a lot more uh, interested in the Lions at this point than I am. They had their few weeks where they're interesting. They're done. They have a bad defense. They're 21 in DVOA. You said all those other numbers that were even worse. And the guy they spent 85 million dollars on, Trey Flowers, has one sack and isn't really doing much for them. 
I don't. What What is fascinating about this defense? That may be a case where Belichick and Patricia did not talk as much as Patricia <laughs> would like to about Trey Flowers, who he knew very well. But please. All right. Next up uh, is the old Zeuser. I will check back in with the Jets, who cannot play any worse than they played last uh, week on Monday Night Football. And now they travel to Jacksonville to face the Jags. I think the quarterbacks are what interests me here. It's Sam Darnold, who, by the way, on top of everything else in that game, got his foot stepped on and they had to remove his toenail. Which, which by the way, is another underrated you, mono people like have vague teenage memories right. of having. Having, have you ever had a toenail yes. removed? Well, I've had a fingernail removed. Yes. It, it is, is not awful. a picnic. It is no fun. Greg, that is a personal medical that works. coming from that my works. actual life. <laughs> that works. But anyway. I don't think he should play this week. To, the, know, point, <laughs> to the point that I kept him out of practice, uh, I believe he returned in a limited fashion uh, today. He looked pretty Thursday. good today. There was some footage on okay. NFL Network. Either. So he'll be fine, but it's just more, you know, when it rains, it pours. He's been through a lot. For uh, S-Darn. Uh, so, yes, I want to see the quarterbacks in this game. I want to see Darnold back. Um, and show some fight and show some resolve after what was really, uh, frankly, a humiliating week for him, um, even if he did handle it well in the media. And I do think he'll bounce back, although they're getting a road matchup against the Jaguars who trade away Jalen Ramsey and the defense gets a lot better um, against the Bengals, of course. But uh, they played extremely well last week. I want to see more from Gardner Minshew. I want to see the game. I want to see what... Everybody's excited about. It. I want to see what you what you love about him, Mark, because watching him the last two weeks uh, hasn't given me a lot of juice. So I think it's kind of an important game for him. With Nick Foles, I think is still a little bit ways off, but he's got to stack a couple of good performances here to justify keeping him in the lineup. And Darnold needs to show everybody that he's not the ghost guy. Hmm. I think if Nick Foles had stayed healthy and played the way Gardner Minshew has played, the Jags would be very happy with that trade. I think Gardner Minshew has been good enough. He's been good enough to win, and the difference between the two is he's still developing. He can become much better. I think you have to stay with him. And I, you know, we got three more weeks still, even until Foles is eligible. I don't fault Gardner Minshew for the Jaguars only, you know, having single digits for two and a half. He leads them down on the opening drive last year, and they fumble at the goal line, and then now all of a sudden Gardner Minshew's not a good quarterback. He, he has calm feet, like he's so calm in the pocket, but then he can also. You know, make you know, make extra time by moving around and doing those little slaloms. Yeah, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. I guess that's what stands out to me. For a young quarterback, he makes really good decisions. He's averaging seven and a half yards per attempt. He has ten touchdowns and two interceptions. Well, yeah. Wait, if, well. Dar- if Darnold had those numbers, would be going crazy. This was the game I was going to lock up. I feel really good that the Jaguars are just a better team than the Jets. Um, I think this is. A- not a good Jaguars defense. It's pretty at mediocre uh, in basically every metric possible. But I do think it's a tricky matchup for a team that has offensive line and protection issues because Todd Wash likes to get creative. This is a team that loves to blitz, loves to send a lot at you, and I think he's going to be licking his chops. And i just seen too much bad offense from the Jets that I trust the bad offense more than I trust the the one game against the, the Cowboys, which is really one half against the Cowboys. So I just think the Jaguars are just a little more sound throughout, and I like them. I, I'm with you. The sense that the thing that keeps carrying over for New York is bad offensive line play. I, I like the matchup for Jacksonville at home. And, you know, I would 
when it comes to Adam Gase, and I know that number one, you went and you got Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell has been in a, a terrible situation as a running back with the quarterback house they've had. So I'm not asking for big numbers, but I do question if you go back and look at Miami's running backs under Adam Gase and the Adam Gase experience in general. Is this the coach that knows how to maximize Le'Veon Bell? He hasn't topped 70 yards on the ground or 60 in the air all year. And, and, and you have a one of the leagues, in theory, top weapons, and you have Darnold back. You, I, I've been so I, that's impressed by that Bell I, this season. I, 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 so I've impressed. been so impressed I, I wouldn't say I, that. I think he's been in an impossible situation, and he runs hard, and he makes something out of nothing. And when he had no quarterback play at all and Darnold was out, um, he didn't get do much damage, but the guy plays hard. Jamal Adams I, uh, went on Twitter and pointed out everybody was lumping this guy in with Antonio Brown, and he's been nothing but a good. No, soldier. he has nothing to do with Antonio Brown. But I think Who's I don't think it's necessarily. I don't Brown. think it has anything he's to do with Adam Gase either. All right, but he's been an awesome teammate in New York, number one, and that's not. I, I, like I don't I think said, it's a Gase thing. He's been in a bad. Well, they got to use. I, I want to see how Gase uses him when they have all their parts in, because it might be a Gase. He thing. lacks. You know, Bell is in one of the most talented running backs ever, and you can see that, and he's running hard. I think. I think he lacks a little bit of the explosion that he used to. I mean, you have that many runs, you have that many plays that you get to the second level. You would expect that he would have something longer than a 13-yard run before last week. Now, I think it's coming along. He's gotten a little better each week. But I like Mark saying, I want to see them use him as a receiver because he's one of the best receiving backs that I've ever seen. He has 10 so yards through the air in the it, last two games. Know. I'm just saying it's an, for an offense especially that is dealing with a ton of pocket pressure, your quarterback's under duress, throwing to your running back is something we're seeing every other coach in the league do. And, and Gase at some point runs out of excuses. Well, Ga- you have Gase your quarterback back. I'm not, I'm not I mean, arguing with that Gase is a mess. Right I just don't. I just think he's not Bell the guy I trust to unleash issues. Bell at this I point. Agree with that. Prove me wrong. I, um, I also want to point out, Mark, uh, Greg, on injury corner. C.J. Mosley was deemed well enough to play on Monday. And on the first drive, he's limping along the yep. plane of the goal line. And now Gase announces on Thursday that they have to do a, quote, deep dive on what's going on with his groin. He's done. You could, I could book it. He's going to be on IR uh, probably before this podcast is over. Dang. So you essentially, and who knows, maybe he's back in four weeks. But the season's basically lost. And that was a centerpiece signing of the offseason. Well, they have. He gets you, hurt in week one. And they his have an easy schedule coming up. Work. You were saying even a week ago things even change if, even Greg. if they lose the Patriots well things but it's just change. it only counts once in its standings I, some I losses count more than that I, I don't that have was, any more faith you, that was a psychologically jarring defeat right and, and when if you're you, on the other end of that as a fan you feel that a little bit more you have to win this week win. and then it erases it but if you don't win this week you know bye bye the they, Jags are last in red zone percentage that's one thing where the, for a running team, you would not think they would be the worst team in the league in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So that's why all their games are close. And honestly, with Minshew, his numbers would be much different. They had four drives last week that ended in field goals where they were 9, 10, 11. They've done that every week. Before Monday night, I would have said this is going to be a great game and I feel good. Now, who knows? Maybe the Jets compete, but I would not be surprised if they lose 31-3 either. That was bad on Monday. All right, Wes, you're up. Well, I'm risking a potential uniform apocalypse in this game. (laughs) But, you know, it is America's heartland in a grass field. I got to go with my Titans, you know. Buccaneers at Titans. That's (laughs) surprising. Well, I I have fun watching them. I have fun watching them. Uh, I thought Tannehill was a massive upgrade on Mariota, even with a few negative plays. They had their highest yards per attempt of the year, their best third down percentage of the year. Their outside receivers, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, both had their highest uh, catches of the year. 
And their head coach, Mike Vrabel, came in Monday and could not stop talking about tight window throws as if he had never seen them before (laughs) with Marcus Mariota under center. It was a different offense. You even had a two-minute drill in there to end the the first half. I mean, these are things Titans fans just aren't used to seeing. And then Jeffrey Simmons, the first-round pick, comes back. And as Greg said in the, the debrief, may have been the best player on the field. Albert Hainsworth was raving about him, saying, when I looked at this guy... Hainsworthian. Didn't look like a rookie. He looked like a fifth or sixth year Albert Hainsworth. He, that, it's a good... I mean, it's easy, I guess, because of the Titans thing, but that was a great comp because he seems so strong along with the athleticism that he was overwhelming. I, I, was, I texted a little with DJ about it this week because he had called Simmons a top five player in the draft, if not for the ACL surgery. And then there was also... Um, a, a sexual assault when he was early not in his sexual. Co- or, uh, uh, an alleged uh, assault early in his well, college career. There was a woman picking on his sister and her children. Right, and he stepped. I'm in. sorry, that should be corrected. The, and that was back in 2016. But the combine didn't invite him oh, because because of that. Um, but just watching him play, he was a a massive difference maker. And Tannehill was too. I mean, I think you have these receivers, Corey Davis and AJ Brown. There's a chance that you get a little more out of them if you give them a chance to make those tight uh, catches. And who would have thought after all these years, finally we got Mariota Winston in year five to decide it. And the winner of that debate is Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> he won the Mariota Winston debate. We, we, uh, we do have a lot of evidence on Ryan Tannehill over the course of six or seven years. Yeah, I'm not getting to know that we've been sucked in by that guy before, too. Right. Okay, allow me to clarify. Yes, go ahead. I I don't think he's any kind of long term answer. He's just making the Titans more watchable and I'm enjoying it. Let's see. Let's see what he does against a different defense than the Chargers. In a better in a better situation. I think there's a case that he's can be a Dalton like figure adult and we've talked about that before. median yeah, yeah where he, scale. his well, career goes right. like yeah. that which is a little better than i think people th- think of him as he, he's fine his 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 sitting there at the dalton scale line was the one guy we can think that maybe is doing and, and maybe this year too is dalton doesn't really fit as a dalton scale at this point mm. but i cannot get out of my own mind watching the mind. live <laughs> we had a a uh uh, an assassination on Andy Dalton by Mark straight in, into a my mind. I loved it. One two punch. Well, I think I'm being extremely <laughs> fair on Andy Dalton at this point. You do? I mean, he back to back to back interceptions. Why, you know, why do you know. think you're being we fair know. when he's he's the same quarterback he's always been? The only thing that's changed is the surrounding. Why talent. are we talking about Andy Dalton? We can get into Andy Dalton. I mean, then let's that's flip not. over to to, to Jameis Winston, who totally sabotaged his own team a week ago and does it every other week. And Greg, you pointed out the Saints game where he should have had five picks in that game where he didn't. And I wonder when the Bucks have, you know, they don't have someone to throw in there like a Ryan Tannehill at this point, but the experiment is over. If there's anyone trying to tell me that you're going to travel into next season with Jameis Winston, you got to be kidding me. Feels very unlikely. And this is the wrong team for him to face, I think, because I think the Titans, what they're good at with Dean Pease, they're very Patriots-like. They have the veteran secondary. They can mix up and confuse bad quarterbacks you know, into making mistakes. That's kind of what they're best at. And then they, for these games against some of the bad quarterbacks, they can look like one of the best defenses in the league, and, and maybe this will be that week. This and, wouldn't have been a bad A reminder that uh, as Tannehill, way of an upgrade over Mariota, but they needed a Chargers apocalypse to even win at home last week. So they were coming off four out of five losses before that. So it's hard to trust. They were also up 10 points late in the fourth I get it. I'm just saying that game, you know. They're a middle-of-the-road team. Kind of So they're they're not uh, a team that blows too many teams. 
teams out. All right. One little note, Shock Barrett's still sitting at nine sacks. <laughs> you know Keep giggling with your... You know it's funny, like so Eagles. you're actively rooting against. I'm not Jack rooting Barrett against him at all. Again, again, if we want to actually remember how, <laughs> but that's the, what you would want we, to have happen. We want to actually remember what happened on this show. It was not Shaq Barrett specific. It was the player that jumps out. But then you to said, eight sacks early. You said Shaq won't get to ten. That this is I remember. This is when he had eight. There's been three games since. And he has one sack in those three games. I so said he's he, on is, pace. He's, he is like the archetype of someone that would finish with nine ever that, after that right. early season explosion. But do you want him to finish with nine? You're texting us about it during the I week. Think, of course It becomes are. one of those things where if it played out where like it would be, just be another example of shutting you clowns up. Yes, I would enjoy <laughs> it. It was, it was one of my favorite. Poor Shaq Barrett's it got was, this guy in California rooting against him uh, to do anything It's not really a Shaq Barrett thing, but if it played out that way, which I have no control over, no more than Greg does with people tweeting about medical scenarios at this point in our society, I'll just roll with it. When have any of us clowns ever shut up? Right. No, I mean, that won't be happening. It's my, it's, one of my favorite text, <laughs> it's a little personal victory. type of text chains, though, because Mark's tweeted a, texted us about it yesterday, I believe. <laughs> what for the it, first time? It was just like, Shaq still stuck at nine. And, <laughs> it's like and the middle of the we, day. Wes had the same reaction as <laughs> me. Doing my he was like, work. what are you? What is this a question mark. No one even knew well, what he was talking about. Doing my homework in the middle of the day. I thought I'd remind you before I forgot to remind you. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on. Up next is Greg Rosenthal. Ooh, does this mean I have the snake? You sure do, buddy. Ouch. I'm ready for my first pick, at least. Maybe I'll use my time allotted to get that second pick ready. That, that's what they do in the NFL sometimes. I'm going to take the Chargers and the I'm Bears. The this oh. is a, a weird game, but a, a strangely meaningful Pass. game for the Bears, certainly. Because I think both these teams are hoping that they've hit bottom. And uh, one of them obviously hasn't because they're going to lose on Sunday. And uh, at least the Chargers, for the first time in a long time, have some good injury news. Yeah, they might have lost... Uh, Mike Pouncey for the season. Yeah, they might have lost Forrest Lamb for the season, his replacement, which kind of slipped under the radar. Uh, but they did get Melvin Ingram back at practice this week. Sounds like he'll be back. They did get Russell Okung back. He will be starting this game at left tackle. That's a massive upgrade. Mm. And uh, and you have Hunter Henry playing like an all-pro tight end who you missed for Knock about a month. So Stay healthy, kid. They're looking a little, a little better, and... Uh, I thought they did some positive things in Tennessee, and I certainly don't think they're a cakewalk. Uh, I was very surprised to see the Bears open this game as huge favorites. I just do not see Mitchell Trubisky leading a huge That's strange against any reasonable NFL team at this point. Yeah, it's it's a Bortles situation there. His mechanics are out of sync. His base is off. His lower body and upper body are disconnected. A lot of backpedaling and throwing off his back foot at the slightest sign of pressure. Mm, like it when Wes goes mechanics in the lab. I love it. it. Well, I mean, this is he's just broken, and their defense knew it by the fourth quarter. They you could see their effort level had fallen off, and that's what happens when you have a Bortles type of situation, broken beyond repair. Um, remember former Bears center Olin Krutz? Mark? Um, vaguely. Cycling back through the memory. About it was like on one of those Olin guys that, that when the Bears had yes. down here. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. They're like, at least we had Olin Krutz. <laughs> well, that's what I mean by the Bortles situation. Krutz was saying this week that, you know, the quarterback obviously is the one player in the building who can lift everyone up. But he's also the one player in the building who can take everyone down with him. Interesting. And that's what's like, how do we know how good Anthony Miller is as a football player? Their number two or three wide receiver. And, and look, last week, this was not a Trubisky all on him. They have fumbles by Montgomery, fumbles by Miller. Allen Robinson couldn't get, get his second toe down inbounds on Trubisky's best throw. It was a offense-wide collapse last week. They're a really bad running game, and their defense yeah. is just not as good. 
So whether it's Hicks or it's Trubisky, it's still really good. But when you go from number one to a team that gives up big-time yardage uh, to the Raiders and to Teddy Bridgewater, you're not as good as you were. I mean, the Bears are the last team, the last offense that I would make excuses for at this point. But I'm almost at the point with the Saints defense where, okay, let's regroup and see what you do this week. Bears defense. No, he's saying no, the, the, Saints, oh, the Saints. What the Saints did to the Bears oh, I offense. See, I, see, I, see. I think the Bears defense, to Wes's point, that locker room is fractured right now because they need to realize that you know they they're on the field now for thirty-five plus minutes a game, and they're gassed by the end when they lost to the Raiders. That had something to do with the Bears offense just not performing too. I, I Matt Nagy's at the point where he's got to announce in the middle of the week that he's going to call plays. This is about as far removed from the this season's experience that Bears fans thought they would get. And I feel bad for the fan base because they have a lot of upside moments, but you went into the year with a shaky quarterback and some shaky skill position operations here, and it's playing out. And I wonder if what the Saints did is just a continuation of the model of how to beat Trubisky week after week and where his confidence will be because, you know, this is a guy that only started for one season in college. He doesn't have 60 college-slash-pro starts under his belt to deal with, and he's not growing. He's regressing. We have a segment on the Power Ranking show I do with Matt Money Smith called Humble Brag. The Voice of the Chargers talks about what's wrong with the Chargers without getting fired. And Money, is, he's such a smart guy and he sees everything and he was breaking down what, what made uh, that last sequence of that game such a cluster F near the goal line because not only was there Chargers failures and Anthony Lynn with brutal play calling uh, giving the ball back to Melvin Gordon a second time after he nearly fumbled the first time and then he does fumble but the officials uh, both on the floor and upstairs uh, and on Park Avenue or wherever they do these reviews uh, they missed a 10 second runoff within that sequence they also Austin Eckler scored a touchdown uh, there was not enough evidence to overturn that, that initial touchdown that, that got a little that and and, th- and that's pure charges and, and even the Melvin Gordon he the ball comes out of his hand on the first and goal carry he lands on top of it you could make the argument that that should have been a touchdown it was just such such a mess but you wonder what happens going forward with Melvin Gordon who I I honestly have reached the point where I have just I have pity for the guy. I feel for him because he comes to the, out in the media this week and he knows not only is he not getting that big paycheck, but now he's public enemy number one amongst his fan base and fantasy owners. There uh, are repercussions to actions. Yes, there are. But it's also, as a human being, when he, he comes out to the media and says, one thing I know is I'll never miss another training camp. You sense the guy is in a place, in a tough place in his life. He's not in shape, obviously. He doesn't have that explosiveness near the goal line. And Anthony Lynn, who's a former running backs coach, he wants Melvin Gordon to get that game-winning touchdown, but he's got to be smarter, and you just wonder what Gordon's role is going forward um, at his current state. I mean, one thing we don't know behind the scenes, uh, to add to that list, is the kind of advice he's getting from the people around him, if you're Melvin Gordon, going into this season, where he's probably regretting some of the missteps he took based on agents and counsel saying this, this is, is your year to do this. This is something that was important to him before he entered the league. He came into the league saying, I'm going to change the way running backs get paid. And I get that you're, he admitted he wouldn't do it again, but he also affected other people's lives. He affected his teammates' lives. He affected his coaches' lives. He affected the owners' lives by not coming in shape, by not reporting with his teammates. And now he's playing like 2018 Leonard Fournette 
Mm. Even before that goal line situation, he's not explosive. He's not good. And he's cost himself money instead of earning money. It was a bad decision with a lot of repercussions. That's fair. And And the coach bears a lot of fault for it. We see this in baseball too. This is a big part of coaching. You bring a guy up from a rehab assignment and he's not what he once was – don't play him. He's a little yeah. loyal to a fault. They pushed Anthony, it a little hard. Anthony. And if I'm going to bury Jalen Ramsey, Wes makes a good point that if he comes back, Melvin Gordon comes back, he's got to be Melvin Gordon that they need him to be. And apparently well, he's And not. the worst thing for the Chargers is because we talked about Melvin Gordon. Let, oh, he's a good trade candidate. Send him to Buffalo. Send him X, Y, and Z. I mean, thanks to his actual play on the field, his stock for a trade could not be lower right now. Whatever they were going to get is less. Greg, it's time to snake. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go Seahawks-Falcons. Cool. Only two early games left on the board. Uh, chance to see Russell Wilson. We don't know if Matt Ryan is going to play in this game. He has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, maybe. Is it worth noting this or not? Matt Schaub uh, moved the offense and scored a touchdown better than Matt Ryan did all last Well, time. you did it. You noted Just it. You, in- you put so much stock in garbage time. I, Ouch, what an indictment. No, yeah, like I'm Greg and I life. have always disagreed on the value of garbage time production, and I think it, I think it's actually worse than meaningless because it leads you to conclusions that don't mean anything. I don't think the Matt Schaub moving matters. I think it's hard to, to separate out. It is a philosophical thing, like what garbage time matters and what doesn't because almost as equally as the team going up and down the field with their backups, things happen like what happened in the Jets game where you just keep getting destroyed no matter who's on the field. So it's just hard to... To, to know which one matters. I think there'll be plenty of garbage time in this game because the Falcons' defense is a garbage defense. I mean, they, them and the Dolphins are by far the two worst defenses in the league, and as long as Russell Wilson is allowed to throw the ball, uh, they're going to be one of the most efficient passing attacks in the league. It's crazy that the number two passing attack in DVOA is basically Wilson and Lockett improvising and then DK Metcalf's three routes. Like, that's, right. that's about it, and that's good for number two in the league. Right, and then the other side of the ball, they don't have a single player on pace for five sacks. They miss, like, a Cliff Averill or a Chris Clemens, one of those speedy guys coming off the edge. And if you can't sack a hobbled Matt Ryan or a Matt Schaub behind this off- offensive line with no running game, then you're just a terrible pass-rushing team. Hmm. Yeah, Matt Ryan was... You know, that offensive line is such a liability. They got him hurt last week. I mean, that's they, they, he was punished from wire to wire. I would like to see a Seahawks game because, yes, they are fun to watch. They are drama queens because they're going to get out or down early or, or keep it too close in some of these games. And then, you know, with Magic to lock it, which seems to happen every week, they'll pull up stuff out of a hat and get close at the end. How about a game like this where you're playing an offense that's just an open barn door Get up early and right. actually run the Schottenheimer offense the way he'd like to, which is pound people with the run late versus this late nonsense. I'm not sure they're they're any better than they were a year ago. They've played seven games. They've lost convincingly twice. They've won convincingly once, and they've won four times at the buzzer. I mean, that's you know the balls feels- bounced a little better than they were a year ago, but they're just kind of that sort of team. Well, it feels like their passing game is better but their running game is much worse than it was last Carol's year. Carroll's got to recognize it, though. When he said that when he took criticism for missing the long field goal <laughs> last week, it was on fourth and three, a 53-yarder, that his plan was if he didn't go for the field goal, they would have punted it. And he said, because that's who we are. We're a defense and running team, we punted there. But you're not. Your defense is below average. Your running game is below average in terms of efficiency. Your offense is awesome. 
I mean, your passing attack's awesome. Lean into that. Your quarterback is an MVP candidate because right. largely the passing success. Uh, I, I will say that, yes, there's a lot of close games with the Seahawks. There's a reason why the Seahawks win a lot of close games. It's not yes. always a coin flip. It's because Russell Wilson, That's fair. as good as that as Been anyone doing it for a seen. decade. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Chris Wessling. You okay with where you're coming up in the draft today? I am. I'm not okay, okay with what's left to pick from. <laughs> uh, I will take... For the first time all year, the Bengals oh. on the road against the Rams. <laughs> Zach Taylor. Well, wow, you, you bailed me out, Wes. Sean McVay. In London. Back at Wembley Oh, Stadium. in London, not in LA. Wembley Stadium. What time? It, this is a normal time game, 10 a.m. Oh, dodge bolt there. Little London pop. I but like next that. Next week, we're back in the at the 6.30 a.m. Damn. Oh, I'd uh, rather uh, have the 6.30. Oh, really? Would you so get I could up pay attention it? to the game. Oh, wow. Good yeah. deal. Good for you. Yeah. A little 6 a.m. wake-up call. I mean, I'm waking up anyway. It's it's Sunday. Mm. It's a big football day. you got to get up early, ready to face the face the world. <laughs> you putting the, the egg yolks into the glass? And just happened to wake up early on Sunday. The city. You know? I like it. Go ahead. It's like Christmas morning. you got a whole day of football ahead of you. Just like Christmas morning. You're a lucky man, Wes, in a lot of ways. Uh, I don't know what to say about the Bengals. Like, you can't I, – I think I disagree with Mark, and I don't think you can evaluate Andy Dalton. You just can't evaluate him behind this offensive line with the worst rushing attack we've ever seen. Throwing to an injured wide receiver core in a new offense, I just – we know what he is after all these years. I don't think he got worse. I think he's the same quarterback when everything else got worse. I, I want to look at it. I, I can understand the Bengals say, let's keep A.J. Green. If you're Zach Taylor especially, you're coming in and you think, okay – if I can just get A.J. Green back, Tyler Boyd, if we get John Ross back at some point, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard, look at the weapons I suddenly have. I understand a coach saying that. Cordy Glenn returned to practice. Auden Tate making like three or four great catches every week now. It, it's it's. I do think you can say that it's trending towards the end of an era, though, that they will move on from him because it doesn't seem like it's a great match. And maybe it was just the— from Green. From uh, Dalton. Andy Dalton yeah. after this year. It, but maybe you, it was just like the emotion of it, but the end of that game, the booing, like the, the windy, half-empty stadium, like where you could actually half hear... Half-empty. You could hear... It like, was a smattering of people. Right, you could hear the, the individual's different, you know, timbers of their voice booing into the, the... It just felt so like late December and ugly and just felt like this is ending. Yeah, my only call is for a new era. Like, a, let's try something new because a lot of those weapons that you listed have been there for a long time and I, I'm not certain Zach Taylor's the guy to take them over. I thought the Rams, you know, I know who they were playing last week, was kind of a nice FU game for Jared Goff and the offense to say they're not perfect, but you know what? They did everything you could have asked. I thought Goff made some really nice throws. He is far from... Uh, the dude at this point. But after the fire that they were taking, they went and they took care of business. I don't know what you could have asked the offense to get, do get right more in Atlanta. Yeah, they got right. And they, and they focused on what they do well, which is those three receivers. They're awesome. And they played a lot of tempo. I think it was a little bit of back to basics. Some hurry up. You'll see that. Yeah. I think I think you'll see that. And, and the offensive and I think, line was made to look really good by a well, horrible Falcon pass helped. rush. But let's see some more Daryl Henderson. I've seen enough of Gurley. I mean, Ouch. he he's a he's a useful role player, and he's a, their <laughs> starter. He's a good he's a starting running back. But he had a play where he had a canyon opened up, and it was just him and the safety. I forget who it was number thirty on 
on uh, maybe it's Demonte KZ on the Falcon. And it, was, it was just what Wes said. He didn't try to make a miss. He kind of burrowed and just went down. And when Daryl Henderson comes in, he doesn't look like he knows where he's going, but he's going there fast with a lot of power. Let's see more. I agree. I, you know, my, my last thought on this game is people are teeing off on Jared Goff because I think he's one of those guys that people like to tee off on. But if your offensive line... Banana Republic ads, maybe? Maybe, maybe. But if your offensive line goes from an A to a C overnight, then maybe worse, and your superstar running back goes from a super-duper star to, what did you call him? A piece? A, 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 a role player? There's not going to be... All right, I shouldn't I don't, that. This, the idea, I think you're right. Now, Jared Goff is maybe not a superstar. Maybe people are, are puffing out their chest. I think like, that's I always knew is. that he wasn't a superstar. But I think a lot of us were under the impression that he was a good quarterback in a great system. And now that he's playing poorly, it's not necessarily because he's terrible. It's because things have changed a lot. I'm not giving right up now. on this team at all, especially with Jalen Ramsey. I think they can be a factor I in the NFC. Brit, Goff is terrible. I don't think we need to go there, but he was an MVP candidate a year ago. I'm with you, though, Dan. I, I think that... A lot of vitriol at that guy. But from the beginning, there was also, if anything, that nagged Goff, if he was a superstar in waiting, was that it was just Sean McVay teeing him up at the at the, at the the line of scrimmage play after play and making Which him look unfair, better than he was. Because it's people that don't well, know enough about football. I think it's fair to wonder, like, what's his ceiling? You know, he's still only 25. Can he be a consistent top five quarterback? I don't know if many people have there's Can he go some, on the road and win? Right. Is there's there's some people that have believed he's had it, that in him throughout. And I Top know five it, is superstar. Right. No one in this podcast has been like that. Can he right. be a, a very functional top 12 type of guy and win a lot of games? Sure. All right. Let's close out the draft portion of uh, proceedings here. Um, I kind of get bailed out here. I get a late game. I was worried that Wes was going to go after his Broncos, but I guess they were so bad last time we saw him on Thursday night football that Wes... No, the Colts bore me to tears. It took me six tries to finish that game. <laughs> so the Colts, uh, they welcome the Denver Broncos to Lucas Oil Stadium. That's an early game, though. Uh, this I thought you is would take Raiders-Texas. a late game. Yes. Uh, and I believe, I wanted to, but then I'd have three early games. Am I? Do I have this wrong? Because I'm looking at the week eight schedule. And I, I believe four twenty five. You need to be taking. You're, yeah, you're looking that 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 appear. I think they moved the time of the game. Oh, I got Accurate killed on a typo. Time. You here. need Oakland. Now, Oakland it, at Houston. It, read the research manual. There you go. This is great podcasting. But yes, yep. it's a ten a.m. game. But I, I'm not crazy. This also has. They moved the time of the game. Okay. And I'll so be absorbing that game for you. Typo. Man, don't you worry. Banged right. by a typo. Well, if I'm getting it at 1 p.m. either way, I'm moving then. I'm sorry, Mark. To Oakland at Houston. Oh, uh, that's fine. I don't, yeah, I, no, uh, because... It's a better game. Uh, I, I, whenever I could watch, I've said this before, Deshaun Watson on a Sunday. I'm watching Deshaun Watson on a Sunday. And the Raiders, they're not a great team. But if you watch even the Packers game, where they ended up dropping, uh, getting a 40-burger dropped on them, if they execute a little bit better in the red zone, I believe there was three trips to the red zone that ended with no points. I'm not saying they were ever going to beat the Packers because Aaron Rodgers was simply too great in that game, but that game had a chance to be a lot more competitive, um, and maybe that's because the Raiders aren't good enough to execute, but I also think we've seen enough from them that where they had a, an off day in terms of the red zone. I think they could go to Houston and absolutely compete. I did... I did think about locking up the Texans just because Houston, 
uh, is coming off that tough loss at Indy, and they're another team that I think if they bring their A game and they're at home, they're pretty tough to beat. I think that's the version of the Texans we see, and I think the Texans do go away with a W here. The people in the desert think this is a a, a pretty uh, nice setup for Houston for what it's worth. Uh, so I do like the Texans in this game, but I would not discount this being another one of those close games because Houston seems to like to play those, and the Raiders aren't getting – they're not getting wiped out very often this season. The Texans, that's what they've been doing all – one score games have been their recipe week after week. I thought the Colts' loss was rough and under-the-radar rough because of just some lost opportunities. The 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 in-the-grasp call on Deshaun Watson, which that that is a – the way that's called when it is, it does never feel. It never feels very consistent to me. It feels subject, subjective based on who's on the field. That ripped a touchdown away from them that should not have been, I thought. And then they got deep down into the Colts' red zone again and were forced to kick a field goal when they should have scored. I mean, little things like that near the goal line hurt the Texans a lot last week. In another world, they win that game. I mean, they were just as talented, I thought, as, as the Colts were. Their secondary can't cover anyone. J.J. Watt's hitting the quarterback six times, and the quarterback has the best game of his life. J.J. Watt's coming. I mean, he is he is coming on strong. You could hear it in his voice when he talked this week. He basically said he thought it was the best game he's played since he's come back uh, from all those injuries going back four years. And I think it looked like it. He, he's been getting better each week, but the cornerbacks are are so bad that, that the Texans participated in what, as I thought about it, was maybe one of the most disrespectful trades in NFL history. I mean, the Raiders said, hey, Gary and Conley, we, uh, we're disrespect you so much. We want you to play for the team that we're playing against this week so that we can throw it all over you. We don't want to wait a week. We want to throw wow. on Gary and Conley right now. That is dis- uh, the- pretty bad. I mean, people say, oh, you trade in your division. How about you trade them and play them the next week? Josh Jacobs says you have to practice this week and their entire offense is based on him. If you read between the lines on the way Roma was announcing last week, if they don't get an early lead and lean on it, they're done as an offense. Well, they're they, him and Darren Waller. Yep, J- John Gruden's you know feeling himself. He's doing an awesome job. They are eighth in efficiency on offense Absolutely. with Trevor Davis, Keelan Doss, and Renfro as their top three receivers right now. Tyrell Williams should return. Their offensive line's incredible. It might be the very best offensive line in the league now that Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown looks like he's going to be back too. They're dangerous. That's what I thought about locking up the Texans too, but I just think the Raiders play this weird old school slow style with three tight ends and a fullback, but they score. And that leads to a lot of like offensive led games that are close at the end. I could see that happening Sunday. All right, Mark, close it out. Uh, the draft portion of this. All right. Well, I will take the much ballyhooed uh, Broncos at Colts game that you, oh, you know, that's going to so go down in the, in the history of our drafts is maybe a missed opportunity for you. Dan. <laughs> Possibly. You had it. I could live your, with it. You had it in your uh, wheelhouse and you let it go. <laughs> How many stone pony tweets are we going to get? How many like game? I'm not going to be <laughs> tweeting up a storm about the, about Joe Flacco, because I think as a nation, right, we came to a conclusion and you wrapped that up perfectly last Thursday night too. I was the there, last holdout. There's no more. There's no, what more is there to say about <laughs> some of these guys that are just lodged in these positions, and you can feel the end creeping close. Uh, that they, you know, they've given away at this point. Emmanuel Sanders. I think Cortland Sutton every week does something great for the Broncos. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton have a bigger role there. I, their offense to me is just you got to wait till next year. They, you're stuck with this because Drew Locke is not. When you have John Elway coming out and saying this would be the time to throw to give us Drew Locke, he's not ready. You can tell Vic Fangio 
was not on the Drew Locke train in general. And so he's he probably does not want to flip away from Flacco no matter how bad he looked. The Colts, to me, remind me of a little bit. I look at the Eagles and I say, why can't the coaching staff coach up the parts on offense to look better than they do. I look at the Colts and I feel like there's a lot of middle range dudes there outside of like a T.Y. Hilton that Frank Reich coaches up every week. They get open. Guys like Zach Pascal, you know, they to me, it's week after week. It's not stars and they, they outshine the parts on the roster and the Colts to me are going to be there at the end because of the way they're coached. Wes, why was Jake Bris- Brisket not getting your pajamas moving? What, what's up with that? This is an extraordinarily well coached game. Extraordinarily well coached team. Um, Jacoby Brissett plays a very boring style of football to me. I can't remember any of the great throws he made. None of them stand out. I think this is the product you get when your best player by far is a guard. It's just not that fun to watch. I I like watching them because Frank Reich in the red zone. Frank Reich in the red zone is like a weekly uh, buddy comedy. You don't know what he's going to come out with. He's going to come up with something. Guys are wide open. He comes up with these crazy plays. And then in the tailpipe. They're one of the best uh, red zone teams. He creates open receivers. Uh, Brissett did have a couple of nice deep outs uh, in that last game. He's got plenty of arm. There's no question about that. But all six of their games have been one score. So they're... You said you wanted to see the Seahawks win, you know, convincingly. I'd like if if we do think the Colts are going to be there at the end, and I had them in the playoffs. So did you, Mark? Yep, you, as do I. And yet, you know, before the season start, yet I I don't feel any better now than I did then, even at four and two, because the the margin's so slim. Go beat the Broncos, committee. That whole that whole AFC South has that issue. Don't they like. feel like the ultimate ten and six team? Yes, yes, no, absolutely. I feel like the they're Colts, yes, eh, closer to five hundred to me. Well, eight and eight and ten and six in the NFL is a razor thin margin. Broncos defense is up to fifth in DVOA now. They're good. They are good, and I would think the Colts were ripe for an upset, but Noah Fant will find a way to blow it. I have never seen a player make as many mistakes <laughs> oh, in a two month. You're whipping boy. Noah Fant, I think is he's the, a killing Fant. He's the Trojan <laughs> horse sent to get Elway fired. He's like the Trojan Bronco. I think. I, I don't know. This guy makes. Several mistakes every single if, week. If our listeners are curious whether the intensity uh, of Wes's um, antipathy for you know Noah Fant you know goes down at all watching games, no, it goes up. It <laughs> I mean, I watch kept, it, watching the Broncos with Wes was special. I kept thinking this guy's going to improve. He's a first round pick. He'll get better. He gets worse every week. All right, let's move on to Sunday Night Football. Oh, and this one hurts because we had the game of the year potentially set up, and perhaps it will still be a fun game because the Chiefs. At home in prime time, they're not going to roll over, but they're also not going to have Patrick Mahomes, uh, who is out with that knee injury that he suffered last Thursday um, uh, against the Broncos. So it will be Matt Moore, right? We haven't right? officially. The Chiefs are Mahomes trying is to make practicing. They're, they're saying that smart. he took some second team reps and that there's a chance. When you look at the video that they put out there, I mean, he's like kind of. Limping around there and not he ain't playing. Doing I mean, that. we would not, we would not, rap you know, in any says, way to take a leap medically. We would not suggest oh, no, 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 that. No, no. Rap sheet. I would keep him out through the bye, though. I rap, I'm going off Rapsy, who says he's not playing. Yeah. So. I think it's three weeks and then the bye, Greg. I think it's just safe just to keep him out through the bye. I actually think they're, he has one <laughs> right before the bye. <laughs> there we go. They might get Chris Jones back, though, which is a huge uh, addition, and they might get Eric Fisher, their left tackle, back. So, so they, they have some good news. This does feel like a game that the Packers should win. Uh, Wes, do you have, is there any way to spin it where you think 
the Chiefs pull this out if they don't have their MVP. No. Okay. And I don't even think they pull it out even if Mahomes plays because Ooh, he'll, be wow. so, he'll be so limited against Aaron Rodgers in the zone. Well, I agree with that. This Aaron, version of Mahomes, not healthy Mahomes. I'm not right. like right. trusting the Chiefs defense to suddenly flip the switch on because they had one great night in Denver. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is an elevated sports experience to watch him play. This is, this is the Aaron Rodgers that we were watching three or four years ago when he was at the top of his game. And I, I'm willing to sacrifice the Cowboys, any other team, to keep this Packers team healthy the rest of the year. They will be my number one pick in every chance I get to for our Thursday exercises. This is the team. They're gaining strength. Uh, Romo was effusive in the way he described that that Rodgers and LaFleur are getting used to each other. They're just now hitting their stride. Aaron Jones is awesome. Once Devontae Adams gets back, good luck. He's doing this. Rodgers did this last week against the Raiders with a receiving core that had a combined 11 touchdowns in their career. We are right back where we started with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Mark is now getting it. No, you know what, though? But the difference is is that I I can get behind the whole Mike Pettin experience. The team, to me, feels different entirely than the operation from a few years ago where you're – you knew some drama was going to happen down the stretch. I thought they did give up a couple big pass plays against Oakland last week. Their defense is not Saints level. They gave it's up not more yards close per play that. than any Packers in any Packers game in four years. Right. Dar- Darnell just, Savage know. is practicing fully this week and should, should be playing. He's He's been big in their back end, but was out the last two weeks. And your boy Robert Tanyan's back. They do have a lot of good injury news. <laughs> I like Tanyan. Tanyan. All right, let's move to Monday Night Football. Uh, here's a stinker. It's just a bad game. Watch it if you want. It's part of the NFL. You know, every NFL game is is great. By the way, it looked but, bad when they put the schedule together. All right, it never so, looked great, yeah. uh, but now it looks even worse. You got the Dolphins, nil and six, traveling to Heinz Field to face Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers coming off the bye, uh, looking to have a pulse in the AFC. North and, um, you know, the Ravens seem right now to be the clear best team in that division. The Browns are an enigma at this point. The Steelers, though, if they can get this win and get to three and four, at least stay on the periphery. But that's about as much as I could say about them. I'm stunned to read the optimism from the Steelers beat writers about how this team is going to finish. Like Ed Bouchette and there's one other one. Yeah, they were. I, I wrote a couple. Read a couple. Dave things Damashek. They really see them as like, well, they're like a nine, nine win type, of nine or ten win type of team. And I, I know James Conner looked better before the bye, but they also lost Stefan Tuitt, who, along with T.J. Watt, has been their best defensive player, and he's out for the season. We we never really thought, hit that one, and that is a huge loss for them. I thought Tuitt was playing as well as any defensive end in the league, and this defense was really hitting its stride. It's a great defense, or it's a very good defense. I think the defense will still dominate this game. It's by far the best unit in this game. Even, you know, you got, you're got you probably going to have Fitzpatrick on Fitzpatrick crime in this one. T.J. Watt's still oh, bang, he's banged up, too. I like that. Little Minka versus Ryan. Didn't even think of the Minka. Minka the revenge, revenge game? Revenge game. I mean, this would, the ultimate revenge for the Dolphins would, although I guess they would hurt their own pick if they win. So that defeats the point. That's revenge upon themselves. Because cause in theory, you know, they could they could make the Steelers' record worse, which helps the pick they own. You know, they also have the Steelers' pick. Either way, they win. Let me try to sell this game <laughs> uh, to fans. You know, in August when the Hall of Fame game or a preseason game's on and you miss football so much that you watch it and it could not mean less and the starters play one series or two or not at all, well, enjoy every sandwich as 
Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon once taught us. Uh, Way more. This, is a, this is a football game that counts, and the Dolphins are playing better, and the Steelers are trying to stay in the playoff race. Here's one. Here, I know you don't want think the Dolphins are interesting. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Who are you talking to? The West. He can talk to anybody on that. But every yeah. week he tries to get us interested in the Dolphins, okay. who aren't even interested Here's in the themselves. Thing, though, and this has happened now. It's been getting closer every week. When they get, when they're getting close to a win, it's like Twitter starts buzzing. They're like, "Oh, is this the week they're really gonna do?" It? Like when they, if they win a game or when they, if they get down to the last five minutes, it feels more monumental than if the Bengals do it Greg, for some reason. Twitter has stopped picking on Kirk Cousins for twenty seconds. Isn't a sell <laughs> because all that's right. all Twitter does is talk about. Kirk Cousins I, all game, all Sunday. I'm going to be locked in from wire to wire in this game. I'm not going to take my eyes off it. All right. So there you go. That is the preview of week eight. Come back later tonight. Check in on your podcast download source of choice. We apologize to Matt Moore. You know, didn't even get a mention here in his triumphant return. We But we ran out of time at, late in the show. He'll get it when he and Andy Reid Andy exact revenge on the Packers. Me and the Sizzler will talk Redskins at Vikings tonight in the midi pod. And then on Sunday in the flagship show, we'll go all, go all over the games, go over the games that we just previewed. And one last note, someone from our team here at NFL Media Andy Kenoff, who's a tape operator and a guy behind the scenes that works on this show and many others. Uh, he was in a, a motorcycle accident um, recently, and he suffered some serious injuries. He's going to be okay, uh, but he's laid up right now, and so we send our wishes, best wishes uh, to Andy because that sucks, and we hope that uh, he gets well soon and gets back to work. Get better. Most importantly, back to work, Andy. Let's get you. <laughs> Into the Rest building. Up. That's what we need. But, uh, yeah, best wishes to Andy and his whole family. Well, smart move by Andy, though, to stay on top of the league by listening to this podcast. Mm. He, wants a, he wants the full around the NFL experience. Oh, All right, Raiders Andy. Fan. Go Raiders. Get well soon. All right, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the quiet storm, the mailman, the old boss, Rick Holiday behind the glass, Ryan Bartlett, the whole team back there. Hey, Christy. Till Sunday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.